This is the Talk Theater in Chicago interview podcast. I'm your host this week, Ann Nicholson-Weber, and my guests are Bruce Arnston and Jenny Littleton, who are the stars, two out of three members of the cast of the Doyle and Debbie show, which is showing here now at the Royal George, after having a very long run in Nashville and also having spent some time in New York, Minneapolis? No. Austin. Austin. So not just these two venues, although uh, I had the impression that you've camped out here longer than other places. Is that right? This is our first legit theatrical run. The others were sort of treated like musical one-nighters. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. So the show is not easy for me to describe, but I'm hoping maybe Bruce can explain what the Doyle and Debbie show is. Yeah, it's it really is hard. We've been doing it. Uh, it will be six years in June that we first did this show and we still are struggling to find a way to encapsulate what it is right. because because it comes because it's a country music parody it's uh, immediately people think of hee-haw and uh, country music is easy to parody there mm-hmm. are a lot of parodies of specific country songs and uh, so it's like shooting fish in a barrel right. and and so we hope we're we're bigger and better and smarter than uh, than the easy than the easy parody would be. But uh, you know, uh, a, a critic in Austin uh, I loved. He said it's like the Grand Old Opry only on mescaline. <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so it's a it's a very it's a twisted Monty Python esque mm-hmm. take on country music and in very much insider country music. I mean, we're both very inured in that culture, not just because we're in Nashville, but because we, Jenny's husband plays bass with a lot of big talent in Nashville. I've been in the music business for 30 years. And so we really know what we're making fun of. Right, right, right. So the, the experience of going to the show is that you come to the Royal George Cabaret Theater and it's a two-person concert and with a backup band of one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and we're watching, we're listening to some very funny songs, set, set satiric uh, country music, and we're also learning a lot about the relationship of these two characters. And I would say we're learning almost as much from Debbie, which is to say Jenny's takes, as we are from any word spoken or sung in the show. Uh, Watching you respond, react, is one of the great joys of the show. And I think I went with a little bit of um, uh, skepticism that I was going to like it. First of all, I I don't know anything about country music. Um, And I was afraid it was going to be mean, do you know what I mean? And it is is dark, uh, very dark, actually. But I wouldn't characterize it as mean humor and that probably comes from the fact that you all really are from that world it's mm-hmm. not like something you're outside of and looking down on it's something that you're inside of and looking around at is that a fair characterization absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. we love the music and you know making fun of rednecks is also uh easy pickings and we had no intention of doing that i we think that the humor sits on our shoulders, particularly the silly man in the red suit, my, my character <laughs> Doyle, that it falls on him. And so when people laugh, they're not laughing at Southern culture or Hicks. They're mainly laughing at him. This very specific guy. Yes, yes. Right, right. Mm-hmm. Well, I thought it might be helpful to convey the tone of the show to um, play a little bit from one of the songs. 
and I thought maybe we would start with um, what is the last song in the show, uh, which is that women in trailers. Did I get that right? So, Bruce, we should have said from the beginning that all of the songs you wrote, is that right? I, I did, yeah. The two of them I co-wrote, and but, but the majority of them I did write. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things you done all your life is right that's right right um so maybe you could talk about your background in songwriting and then kind of get us up to where you started writing songs for doyle and debbie um i've written since i was a kid and i started off in bands playing rock and roll r&b where'd you grow up in minnesota Uh uh-huh and moved to nashville when i was in my uh early 20s and Started. I probably hadn't written a country song. Yes, I had. I'd written a couple of country songs uh, in Minnesota. Sincerely? Uh, one of them sincerely, one of them not. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> I don't. That, that's the thing. I don't do very much of anything sincerely. Uh-huh. Jenny can attest that's to true. that. That's true. That's where you live. I make fun of everything, so it's not just country. Yeah, I, <laughs> right. I do fake R and B. I do fake. You know, I was doing it before the Concords were doing it, but. Uh, once I got to Nashville, it's a songwriter's town more than anything. It used to be Tin Pan Alley in New York. It's Nashville now. Mm-hmm. Anybody wants to be a songwriter, move to Nashville, no matter what genre you're doing. Yeah. And uh, when you're around all those people all the time writing, you know, it, it uh, seeps into your brain. And if you had any inclination to do it at all, you do it when you're in Nashville. So I had my bands, you know, played my music. And then when I started getting hired to do uh, little specialty novelty things for uh, film and television. Um, it was kind of a, f- a freeing up for me because I really don't like getting stuck in one genre. I like everything. And uh, just being, just by the very fact that I'm in Nashville and around country music, I think that's what led me to, I was writing biographies for country music stars and uh, listening to... Do you mean when you say writing biographies? For a, a country music television, CMT oh, had a show like Behind the Music on VH1 owned by the same company, Viacom. And so I would be interviewing Loretta Lynn or Chris Ledoux or these different country stars, mm. but mostly pouring over the old archival footage of their TV shows that Jenny and I love watching on YouTube now, because a lot of them are available. And it shows you that wonderful old Loretta Lynn that it's just, you'll fall in love with her all over again. She's just brilliant when she was young. And uh, uh, so it was easy for me to start parodying that old, older style. Mm -hmm. And then you know, we have, I kind of wrote songs right on up through the present style, but I think I've, I've veered vastly off of your original question. But so I wrote for film and television and that led me kind of to back, back to performance. I had gotten out of it. I was just a writer for many, many years and then, uh, I just 
when I started working with Jenny was my first time on the stage in probably 15 years. Uh -huh. So how did you start working with Jenny? Well, uh, Bruce wrote um, a film back, how long has it been? 12, 13 years. 12, 13 years ago, and I auditioned for that and got a part in that, and so I, we, we met then, and then I didn't really hear from him for a while, and he probably didn't hear from me for a while, and then he called up one day and said, hey, I'm writing this thing, and would you come over and sing? Let's see if you <laughs> just kind of see how, how if we could make it work together, and we just went from there. And you're you're primarily an actor in Nashville, right? That's mm -hmm. I really wasn't doing much singing at all, um, not not much. Um, but I've been doing theater since I was a kid. Uh -huh. um, Did you grow up in Nashville? I grew up in Clarksville, which is just just up the road. Uh -huh. um, and then, I, but I've lived in Nashville since I was I think I moved up there my twentieth birthday. So a while, yeah. Um, you've been just mostly acting since mostly then. acting, and mm -hmm. presumably waiting tables or something. Yes, then <laughs> a little bit of that, and just a little bit of everything, uh -huh. you name it, and then a little bit just to kind of get by. But well, I think that this would be a good place to um, listen to you sing because the idea that you haven't been singing very much to me is extraordinary, given what a wonderful singer you are. So you. let's listen to uh, ABCs of Love. I am GOP to your DNC. That's NFL, not PBS, on my HD TV. And FYI, you are too PC, not NRA or CBN. Enough for me. You do put it over, boy. So, um, so Jenny, do you tell me about the experience of singing that song? Are you uh, are you impersonating a particular singer? A little bit Patsy Cline going on there, All right. and which it's the the speech before the song talks about how I always loved Patsy Cline, and the truth is, I always loved Patsy Cline even as a kid. Uh -huh. um, 
I, I don't think I discovered her until I was about 12 or 13, but when I did, I was obsessed with Patsy Cline because it was a different sound. She didn't sound like anybody else. She had her own thing going on. So um, there's a little bit of that. We're kind of throwing a, in a little bit of different artists, I think, throughout the show. I don't know if everybody picks up on that or not. Yeah, I sure didn't. Um, but. Right, right. But the but folks who listen to um, the older country music, I think, will notice little things here and there that, mm-hmm. that you know, that we're doing. So. so, Bruce, you didn't have any reason to know that Jenny could sing? I knew she could sing because I had her sing a song in. Uh, in I, I, I made her sing to audition for the film, uh-huh. uh, and and she knocked it out of the park. Right. Um, but she's a not only she's a great singer, she's a great mimic. Mm-hmm. And so when I had her over to see if what keys would work and if she could do pull this off, I really didn't know. I mean, I found out that first day that she could do. Patsy Klein, that she could do Dolly Parton, that she could do Tammy Wynette, and that's kind of the triumvirate right there. Right, right, right. So, um, I mean, then I wrote the songs around her ability mm-hmm. at that point. I was going to ask that. It yeah. was a, that was just as fun as anything this, uh, this project has been, is writing songs for that voice. And I got to say, living in Nashville, I mean, we get, we perform at, in a famous bluegrass honky tonk in Nashville. So it's not a theater, but mm-hmm. it's basically what the Royal George has been recreated to look like right. is our home base in Nashville, the station in. And we get Opry stars, Opry veterans, songwriting, Hall of Fame songwriters, George Jones, Brenda Lee. These people come in and are floored by Jenny Lee. Oh, now I, that I, is I, absolutely I true. And, and My and they say where where did you find her where did you <laughs> yeah, find her you know um, because she absolutely nails all of these voices you can nail one of them that's impressive you know so so it's perfect and then on top of it she's funny you know <laughs> right, she <is> funny. <laughs> yeah so what was your original idea what you know that sort of first moment you said you know I think I will what what were you gonna what was the idea to at the begin very beginning of this um well. It goes back quite a ways where I used to, in my R&B band, it was a very theatrical thing, and we did a lot of, I did, I wore wigs and costumes, and I sang in characters and things, and one of the things that we did during that night was a little country music spoof that was about 15 minutes long called Bill and Coo, and, and it was me <laughs> doing a different character than Doyle, uh-huh. and uh, a friend of Jack, or a friend of Jenny and mine in Jackie Welch, who played uh, the uh, country music Chanteuse. She's a uh-huh. black woman who wore a big blonde Dolly Parton wig uh-huh. and sang her ass off too and a uh, wonderful, funny actor. And so that was, you know, that was sort of the beginning of it. And I had three or four songs from that uh-huh. already. That are in this show. That are in this show. Which were those four? Um, wine, wine, twang, twang. When you're screwing other women, think of me. <laughs> Um, Which is, the, I think, the stock car love. Mm-hmm. I think that's it. Uh, yeah. Oh, and maybe, uh, uh, oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Barefoot, <laughs> barefoot, barefoot, barefoot. I don't know why I'm giving heads. <laughs> yeah, you speak. can talk. I can speak. <laughs> it is a radio show. <laughs> she was doing the big yeah. belly. <laughs> yeah. So, so there was a seed of it mm-hmm. a while back. Mm-hmm. But then when I decided, and then in the interim, I did those biographies and got all fired up to do something again. Um, I went back to Jackie Welch and she said, no, I'm done. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do this anymore. And I thought, well, 
them. And I just, I really had to clear the slate because I, Jackie deserved the first shot at it. Right. And I had to make sure she didn't want to do it. She didn't. So then Jenny was on board. I got so lucky really because it just sort of something that I would love to do and I'd be able to do landed in my lap because it's theater. Um, it's good writing and it's country music. And there, there, there are a lot of really great actors in Nashville, but I don't know that all of them would really get the country music part or, or even dig it as much as I did. I was kind of just, whoo, I was thrilled yeah, right. and eating it up because it's like, well, I actually know this. I know this stuff. Right. <laughs> um, right. So, and that yeah, definitely yeah. comes through. So this is the perfect thing to come my way. So now you've been doing it for five years. Is that right? Six Almost years in June. Six years in June. And are you sick of it sometimes? No. We get sick of each other. No, we don't get sick. <laughs> We're not sick of it. I don't, I don't think because that's a long run for any single show. I mean, that's a long time. And I don't think maybe if it weren't a comedy, maybe we would be sick of it. But I, I mean, think that's it's honestly, what is the first thing when we walk when we go out that door at the end of the yeah. night when we finish? That was fun. That was yeah, fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, it always yeah. is. It's always fun. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. it's harder. I will say, you know, doing eight shows a week. You know, there are nights when I think, oh, boy, I'd really just like to sit here and eat food in my room. <laughs> and um, that's not going to happen. But but I still enjoy it. And once you step out on the stage, too, especially if people are laughing, that right. that helps. Right. <laughs> Have you had so. audiences since you've been here that you felt just you weren't quite winning over? Has there, has there been that night when oh, sure. everything thunked? Oh, sure. Uh-huh. But, uh, you know, honestly, we'll get... That's happened several times, and you know, weekdays, matinees, uh, right. people are just lethargic and full or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you wonder, why did you even bother coming here? You right. Know, <laughs> <laughs> or that one woman, and if you're listening, um, she came, there was a woman out in the audience, and every time anyone laughed at anything I said, she would just say, whatever. <laughs> and I thought, what? Am I hearing what I think I'm hearing? Would you stop that? Somebody take her home. Somebody put her in a cab. <laughs> So I don't know what her deal was. But. Uh-huh, uh-huh. but then a lot of them, they just don't, they aren't boisterous. They aren't vocal. Uh-huh. And that's, you know, we have to finally cop to that notion that they're not all going to be falling off of their chairs, pounding their fists right. on the floor laughing. Right. They, some people just observe and titter. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know? Right. So it's, yeah. I went to see uh, Second City. I went to see one of their shows mm-hmm. uh, about a month ago. I was laughing my butt off. And I looked around, and some people were, and then there were some people that were just stone-faced. And I thought, how can they not be laughing at that? These people are hilarious. And then it, it made me feel a little better. Right. <laughs> you know, I thought, oh, okay, maybe they are enjoying it. Then when I'm seeing a few of the people, because for the most part, people are laughing. But right. sometimes it is hard if you can see a face and there's nothing. Right. Um, but just they, find another face. Yeah, find another, <laughs> pick another face. Um, yeah. And do you, I, I've heard uh, actors tell me in comedy that the the danger there is that you start to just ramp it up and up and up trying to get something to happen mm-hmm. is that your experience you uh i think a director from nashville scott copeland the nashville children's theater always used to say to us because working with set there'd be 700 kids in the audience and he would always say you've got a plate of cookies offer them the plate of cookies don't shove them down their throat mm-hmm. and so i always think of that it's like right. just, it, let it, if they want it they'll take it if they don't don't for, don't shove You're those cookies in because right. if if they want it, they'll take it, but leave it there. Right. If they don't touch them, then 
at the end of the show, you've got a plate of cookies. Right. <laughs> and, uh, and you can eat them. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, Before the interview, I asked if there are questions that you all have been asked over and over and over. And Bruce said, yes, the question about how different are the audiences in Nashville versus Chicago. But I just have to ask that question because I'm so interested in what lands differently. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, and, and, and like I said, too, we've done it in Austin. We've done it in Ann Arbor, Michigan, mm-hmm. three times, I believe. Uh-huh. And we did it in Fargo, North Dakota. How um, did that come about? Can we take a quick uh, that's side where, trip? That's my area where uh, where I grew up. Uh-huh. So and so in Nashville, I mean, Jenny and I take great pride in the musical jokes mm-hmm. in this song, if you can call them that. Little, little vocal references mm-hmm. that we're making to mm-hmm. country to specific country singers. Mm-hmm. Well, that basically just goes over everybody's right. head here. Right. Well, it's okay. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Um, here, they're picking up on more of the social and political satire mm-hmm. than a lot of places have. Mm-hmm. Um, it, you know, I mean, we've, we've done the show a long time. It's been the same cast. I've had the exquisite luxury of being able to rewrite, rejigger, remove everything like that. Yeah. And uh, and so the show has gotten fairly dense mm-hmm. in terms of its layer of of humor. And because you can just keep packing more in. Yeah, and, and, well, and, and like you just like you said, Jenny's facial expressions. I mean, there are all uh, there's a whole lot of subtext going on that ordinarily you wouldn't think from a comic review. Right. You know. Right. And um, which I think puts us in a different place, mm-hmm. and it. And it allows you uh, different ways into our show. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be coming in just for uh, country music parodies right. or, you know, it can be social satire, political satire. It's all different kinds of things. Or mm-hmm. you can, and then the cheap laughs. I, I love a cheap laugh. <laughs> and it's full of cheap laughs, right, you know? Right. I mean, there's nothing beneath us either, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not just saying it because you're sitting here, but the writing is really good, and I and I really do feel like if, if you've yeah. got good writing, you can do a lot with it. If you you know you you can't polish a turd, but this is not a turd, right. and um, <laughs> so there you go. It's kind of the opposite. I'm thinking of the improv you were seeing at Second City because you know they do they just keep putting those shows up and mm-hmm. leaving them behind, mm-hmm. and you're just sticking with this one thing and. Add it sounds like you are continuing to add to it. Have you made any changes since it's been in Chicago? Uh, not, not very much. We in our preview week, we did a little bit of tightening, mm-hmm. but it's, it's essentially the same show. Isn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing that I just loved was the intermission. So there is no intermission for the audience, but we watched Doyle and Debbie go backstage and sit there wordless. They've got nothing to say to each other, which in itself just tells us miles. And then there's a very funny bit with Debbie and her kids. And, um, and that's the only part that you could call, um, I mean, straight up theater, basically. There's no singing going on, right? You just, that's this the is only a very funny, yeah. Right, yeah. Uh, funny scene. Um, so uh, maybe it would be fun, Jenny, to talk about... Um, how your understanding of the show has, I mean, because it is deep enough to kind of grow on you. What has, what has changed for you and how you play Debbie and 
what you take away, what you work on in the show? Uh, well, just you mean since we first started? If you want, or could, I, yeah, it definitely, definitely has. I think it, for both of us, we've gone a little deeper with the characters, mm-hmm. just because we were we kind of finding our way. We're still finding little things. I hope. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think just uh, maybe what's changed since the beginning was maybe I've leaned a little bit more toward the just completely absolute honesty uh, of the character in that she's like it, it was like some of the stuff I watched on Loretta Lynn where she's saying things that they're they're there, some of them are absurd, but not really. Um, but she has no idea that 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 it was. It's just because she came from that pure, honest, country girl uh, way of life, and this is how this is how she thought. And it was it's charming to just mm-hmm. to to watch her being completely honest and say whatever comes to mind. Right. And that's written for me. I don't know that I always embraced that with the character that I caught on to that right away, but I think I. I maybe I'm, I'm trying to find a, my way around that a little more, just in that um, that Debbie just, you know, if sometimes she just some things are scripted and she's learning them and she's trying to say them right. as good as the last Debbie said them, and then some things are not scripted and they're just coming out of her mouth and she shouldn't have said that, but she doesn't realize that she shouldn't and right. and, and it catches and Doyle's you know, kind of horrified and he's having he's having to right, you know right, fix right. it so um, yeah. Well, so what is your process, Bruce? Do you start with a particular song or performer that you, in your mind, that you're going to parody? Do you start with, you know, a, a an idea for the relationship? Do you start with a, the social political side of it in general? Is there anything you can say about where your songs tend to come from? Um. Well, I mean, as you ticked off that list, kind of all of that, mm-hmm. really. I mean, I can say. Uh, ABCs of Love that you played earlier, uh, I was definitely writing a Patsy Cline parody. Yeah. Um, so, and, and so instrumentally, I mean, uh, part of the fun going into the studio was telling these incredible musicians that play on our tracks, do, do those little chinks that they do, that the guitar does on the offbeats and, oh, oh yeah, 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 I know right. what you're talking about. Right. I mean, they're already with the, with the most handy cliche, musical cliche. So everybody played along, mm-hmm. the musicians, the mm-hmm. engineers with the type of reverb. I mean, people are into it because they all got to play along. But yeah, so, you know, I wanted a, a good representation of the different styles of country music, especially old school. Mm-hmm. And so part of it was, oh, I don't have one of those songs yet. I don't right. have one of those songs right. yet. So let, you know, sit down and see Fill if I can that figure category. that out. Yeah. Check that box. Sure. Right, right. Yeah. And then did you structure the show around the songs? Or did, to any extent did you say, right here we need a song that does this between Doyle and Debbie or that has this quality in the structure of the show? Wow. Gosh. Yeah, I mean all of that. You, I, so I would, I would say I had maybe two thirds of the songs written before I wrote any dialogue, mm-hmm. and with just maybe just a smattering of ideas of dialogue. Then wrote the dialogue, and and I'm a screenwriter, is what I've done most of my adult life, and so I'm pretty comfortable in a three act structure, uh-huh. writing that kind of structure, and so I. I, you know, I built the narrative arc 
plugged in songs, and then we put it up, realized this song doesn't work. We need an up-tempo song here. So I we tore it down. We went away for two months. Mm-hmm. I went went home and wrote a couple more songs. We need an up-tempo one here. We need this here. We need something for Debbie to do this here that says this. So I need another song there. So, yeah, once it, once it took its shape, then it sort of dictated where all of the songs I want to be here. I want to be right, here, you right. know. And, and it, there's no place for me. And yeah, something exactly. else is coming Some in. Some things mm-hmm. had to go away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Give an example, uh, Bruce, of something that the Chicago audience just thinks is hysterical that didn't. You, you said political social satire. What's an example of that that the Chicago audiences have uh, responded to? They laugh particularly hard at the end of the night when Doyle gives his, his little uh, heartfelt uh, <laughs> humility speech, which is just wretchedly over the top but it's so much fun to do and uh and he uh he references uh he says and many years from now uh we've long since plunged into socialism <laughs> and right. uh and in Nash- you know and it used to get a laugh in nashville but here they pretty much fall out right yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. uh yeah, and I guess mm-hmm. you know it's the home of Obama, and mm-hmm. and people are seem to be fairly politically astute. Uh huh. Yeah. Right. Right. But we never know which side of the joke they're laughing on. We don't. That's the thing. Because right. you know there right. are Republicans and Democrats out there. Some are seeing it ironically. Others are thinking, "Yeah, man, <laughs> socialism." Yeah. yeah right. Some people are laughing at "God Loves America Best," and some people are cheering yeah. that song. And we're never sure exactly if they are cheering. Are they point. cheering because it's funny, or are they cheering because they they're with they, it? Right. And you know, it takes takes all kinds. So it hey, doesn't matter to us. It's okay with us yeah. as long as they are. Enjoying it, and they're getting something out of it. Then, when the flag drops and they stand up and cheer in Nashville, mm-hmm. never quite know. Uh, never I was going to ask: Do you feel like it's a more politically diverse audience here than in Nashville, or is it sort of both in both places? I don't know. I don't know either. You know, Nashville is a different animal because we've been doing it there so long. Mm-hmm. Um, early on, we were scared to death. We didn't know how political we were, or how if we were going to step on toes we didn't know right honestly you must have known you were going to step on toes mm-hmm. well <laughs> and it's no. been actually we've i was so sure that we were going to be offensive mm-hmm. <laughs> and and it's weird you it, could we're count having on, a hard time offending a lot harder time offending yeah. people than i thought we would yeah. <laughs> um, we've so. had less than a dozen people walk out mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is you know that's not oh, for that a lot of shows not being offensive to that right. many people. Yeah. Well, and it's pretty crude in some places. Mm. I oh, mean, yes. people should be aware. Yes, that, yeah. Um, it's blue. It's very mm. adult. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but by the same token, late night TV right. gets away with way more. We'd never drop the F-bomb. Right. And and that's just staple on TV. Right, you know? that's right. So it, in that sense, it's kind of old school. It's sort of like Rat Pack Vegas blue. You know, uh-huh, right. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. G spot, and there's some things that mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. might go over that line. And I, when you were talking about late night television, I was thinking about the um, what is the song? Uh, something the children uh, for the children for the children, mm-hmm. which is kind of about that. You know, it's about all of the terrible influences, crude influences on the children mm-hmm. in the context of the show. This you know super sincere quality to that is very ironic mm-hmm. and very funny. Mm-hmm. So, and and you not being. Uh, familiar with country music, I have to say that what we're parodying there is the 
ballad, the power ballad that right. Martina McBride. For and, the girls, I believe that one was, mm-hmm. there was one called For the Girls mm-hmm. um, that was, a, yeah, it's a, like a pop, I mean, she can really sing and she just belts it out and, you know, it's it's just gives it her all and... As do you. <laughs> but, but I mean, I have looked at, I have to say, I've looked at that video a few times and I did not realize that was a specific song. I didn't either. But actually. And then I went, oh my goodness. Yeah. I don't think he, yeah. yeah. Right. Wow. Just, just happened that you invented a parody of something that yes. really existed. Yeah. Well, um, I know you guys have to get to, uh, um, your, dressing rooms and put on a show tonight, one of the eight you're doing this week, but I really want to thank you for taking time out to talk to me about it. Thank Thank you. you. Our pleasure. Yes.